0: Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Join me as we share our stories and explore the topics that are most important to creative entrepreneurs and makers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Makers Chat. I'm here today with my friend Carrie Johnston from Rose City Boutique in Springfield, Ohio. How are you doing today, Carrie? I'm doing really well. How are you, Danielle? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: So, if you would just tell our listeners a little bit about you and about your business and what you do.
1: Absolutely. So, um, as Danielle said, I'm Carrie Johnston. My shop is here in the good old Midwest in Springfield, Ohio. Um, I am sort of a new uh, store owner. I have only had a store for about 10 months. Um, I actually had a 15 year corporate career. Um that I sort of left uh very quickly last year and uh it was kind of a long crazy story as to um how I ended up with a store. But November of last year uh we opened our doors November 6th to be exact. Um my store is uh it's a vendor based store, it's a little bit different than Danielle's store in that we don't have vendor spaces, it's a very um uh open boutique. Type style store. Uh, but we do have going on 30 makers within our store. Um, I am kind of the, the nerd of the group. I, because of that corporate background, I sort of bring that business mindset to the team. And then I just surround myself with all the wonderful creative minds, um, and let them make their things and put them in the store and get them out into the world. And, and, um, I live uh, here in Springfield with my husband and my 14-year-old son. We're going through that like he is a freshman this year, so we're like wow. two weeks into being a high school mom, which is a whole different ballgame than we've had <laughs> before. So, um, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell, I guess.
0: <laughs> that's That's a lot in a year to open a store and have a son start high school and... <laughs>
1: Yeah. I actually was talking to somebody, um, a couple weeks ago and I was saying, um, yeah, I don't know. Like things feel like they should be like, I should, I feel like I should feel calm. Like I don't really see, you know, I, I understood, you know, at one point in my life being really stressed out, but like, I don't feel like I should really be stressed out. And she's like, I don't think that you see your life the way that it is. Like, I like, I understand that this feels normal to you, but um, there are still several factors that make it completely normal that you feel stress. And I'm like, oh, you started listing them out. I'm like, oh, now that I look at it this way. Um, yeah. yeah, there is a lot going on all the time.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. I love it so much. So when did you start your business though, your creative business? Because it didn't start with Rose City Boutique, right? That's
1: right. Yep. So I started my creative business, uh, I think it was 2017, 2018, probably. Um, I think about three or four years ago. Time is an illusion. Um, (laughs) And uh, the way that it started was really just, I was going through a lot of grief in my life. Um, I lost Three friends within a year and a half. Um, But I really started painting furniture when one of my friends was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, The world just felt very gray and sad. And I was excited to discover that I could take gray, sad looking things and make them pretty again. And so it was like my little way to control something in the world being pretty. Um, At that point, I was just painting furniture out in my backyard um, you know, selling it on marketplace kind of thing. Um, but because of the way my brain works, I couldn't quite um I wasn't quite satisfied with just painting furniture. Um, I as I was watching people's YouTube videos, I was like, wait a minute, you're selling the products that you're using too. That's really interesting. How do you go about doing that? And then it was like, Well, if you have um an actual business, you can sell your your um the things that you make and the products that you use to make it with. And I'm like, well, that seems like it's, um, it makes a lot of sense. And so (laughs) I, uh, started selling DIY paint and I was just my first, my first store, quote unquote. Um, it was the tiniest little place. She gave me like a three shelves underneath her window air conditioner in this one room. Um, and it got me just enough DIY paint, like in a brick and mortar store to be approved to be a retailer. Um, I sold, like, $30 in paint a month uh, <laughs> and sold, like, you know, a piece or two of furniture a month, but it was, like, just my just my therapy, just my fun thing, um, and then that store had really inconsistent hours, and, and DIY paint has customer satisfaction is very, very important to them, so um, the minute a customer complained about the hours, they asked me to find a, a more consistent location, so... I found a different brick and mortar store to put my little bookshelf in. And, um, the team of people there, they are a bunch of big dreamers as well. That's and awesome. so it, we didn't take long before we started chatting and my little bookshelf became a book, big bookshelf. And then I went to a workshop in Zanesville with Kelly Weiler, of Girl Up Cycle Studios and Debbie Beard and Dion Woods and, um, sort of in a stalker girl kind of way, like hung around afterward and picked all their brains and followed them to dinner. Like, Oh, are you guys hungry? Are you going to dinner? Can you have their tea? <laughs> um, and Debbie was like, why aren't you carrying iron Orphan designs? And I was like, I don't know. And so I quickly <laughs> expanded into IOD and paint pixie and JRV. Um, and then I sort of um, got a whole section of the store that I was in um and then by happenstance last year I came across this building and um long story short uh ended up talking to the ladies at the store that I was a vendor in as well as some of my fellow vendors and um everybody was very excited about the prospect of expanding into a store in town um the store that I'm a vendor in is in this little village um sort of in the cornfields here in Ohio, Um, an adorable hallmark type town, but I live in like the city, which, you know, it's sort of laughable. If anybody knows of Springfield, Ohio, that's listening, they'll be like, oh, you're calling that the city. That's cute. But it is the city of our county. Um, And so a lot of people were very excited about the idea of being able to move into uh, an area with a lot more foot traffic, a lot bigger population, denser population, that kind of thing. So it sort of felt like, um, like a lot of folks were kind of leaning on me to to open that store. And so I got that yeah open last year. But my, I always tell people, like, I take them over to my paint display and I'm like, this is where it all began. With like <laughs> A shelf full of paint and, uh, you know, a couple of sawhorses in my backyard. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: And that was, I mean, that was a quick process though. Like.
1: Yeah. That was, that was a really um,
0: fast turnaround for you to go from all that.
1: Yeah. That's sort of like, um, doesn't it, it is, it's funny when other people like notice that it, it felt very natural progression for me, but that's also partly cause I'm it's just the kind of person I am. Um, and it's sort of like part of why, um, like I'm a little antsy right now because I have my store open. It's been open for 10 months and I'm already like, Okay, what's next? What's next? Um, It's just the way that my brain works. Like I, um, the whole kind of reason I left my corporate career, um, I was definitely in a place where I was ready for a change of some sort. I definitely didn't think it was going to be like opening my own business or a retail place and at all. But um, I had done that job for like three years. And that was about a year longer than I stayed in any role. I mean, I was, um, I was at my old job yeah, 14, 14 years. And I was in nine different roles in the company throughout that 14 years. Like I was definitely never the person who like buckled up and stayed in a job for very long. Like I would look at people who are like, yeah, I've been in this and such role for 12 years now. And like, it would make me like, like, (gasps) like, (laughs) how, how do you do anything for 12 years? I just, I, it's just not the way I operate at all. So Um, even the minute that I started painting furniture, it was like, okay, how can I, how can I expand this? And then it was like, you know, like my entire concept of a side hustle, I just, I don't interpret it the way a lot of people do. And then these poor vendors, they come in and they just want to like sell their one thing. And I'm like, so have you thought (laughs) about marketing this way or have you expanded, you know? And, And sometimes you can tell, sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I should definitely, you know get on social media and market and whatever. And then sometimes people are like, can you just sell my things, you know? And I just want to, I just want to make my things. And I just want to make, make this and get it out there and um, let you do all that. And I'm happy to do that too. But yeah, it's, um, even when I went to look at this building, so like the building that I'm in right now, I had no intention of buying it like no intention, like hilariously, no intention. Um, it, uh, it was a couple of people that I knew who had been in business for 25 years. I didn't even, I only brought it up to them because I saw the for sale sign and I, and I knew they'd been in business for 25 years. And I was like, Oh, what's going on? You guys packing up shop. You retiring? Like, are you moving? What's happening? And they're like, Oh, do you want to come by and see the, see the place? And I'm like, love to see the place before you don't have it anymore. Sure. And then, you know, I walk in and it, it's beautiful. There's skylights. It's a nineteen oh two um home that had a showroom built onto the back. Um gorgeous. Uh natural light, like nobody's business. So that's a furniture painter's dream. All the natural yeah. light everywhere. Um and then you know I'm looking around and of course I'm admiring the architecture and everything and um The owner starts, you know, well, you know, we're not necessarily ready to pack up shop. If there was a, any way that you'd want, you'd want to buy it. You know, I know you have a little bit, a little business. You ever needed an avenue to expand? We'd probably rent it from you for a while. And so like, you know, that would give you some flexibility. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I have a bookshelf. Like I definitely, it's going to be a long time before I want to go from a bookshelf to a 3000 square foot building. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But of course, like, even when I said, like, to my husband, hey, I'm going to go look at this, you know, this place that they own. Um, they want me to come check it out. He got this space. Like, oh, no. Like, she never just goes and does a little thing. Like, she's not going <laughs> to just go. Oh, he knew better. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, no. This is not good. And then I came home and I'm like, oh, like, I guess they're not. They're ready to sell the building, but they're totally ready to give up the the business part and like he was kind of saying maybe he'd he'd rent it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't think that we'd be able to do it." And so, um I I called the bank and I'm like, "So if you have no profit and loss statement that is like <laughs> impressive at all and you have no cash and you've been in business like egg air quotes for like a year and a half, <laughs> would you write a loan for commercial real estate like you wouldn't, right? And um the banker was like, Well, if you came up with the down payment, yeah, commercial real estate's way easier than private lending. And I'm like, Okay, well like, like what would the down payment be? And he's like, 20%. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there's the there's the the trick, right? So then like I'm driving to work a couple days later and I'm like, How much is my car worth? So I'm like texting my husband, like, how much is my car worth, you think? And he's like, uh-oh, 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 here we go. <laughs> and then um, I find out how- found out how much my car was worth. And, like, you know, I wrote that number down. I'm like, Oh, would get us part of the way there. And then I'm, like, going through the mail the next week, and I got grandfathered into this pension program, and I was eligible to cash it out for exactly the amount that would be the rest of the down payment on this building. Yep. And I just, like, took it to my husband, like, So turns out we could get the down payment with just, if we just filled out this paper and jumped on Carvana and sold my car, like we'd have the down payment. And then I brought it up to who's now my business partner who owns this store that I'm a, I'm still a vendor in. And she was like, Oh my gosh, people would love that. People would love to have a store in Springfield. she starts calling people, Would you want to be a vendor in a store in Springfield? And person after person after person was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, well, I'll just run this little business on the side. Like I'll keep my corporate job and I'll run this business on the side. Then we had our grand opening weekend and like kind of, we were talking about before you hit record, like when the store is busy, it is so much fun. Yeah. And boy, you tell somebody a new, a new store is in town and everybody comes out of the woodwork. Which I mean, Within the first hour we were open, people were like grabbing stuff on the shelf off the shelves like crazy. And I was like, I thought we had a lot of stuff. All the stuff is disappearing off the shelves. What <laughs> if someone comes tomorrow? There won't be the, as much as we have now. We've worked so hard to put those displays together, you know, yeah. and you become like kind of precious. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I think I I think I think might quit my job here soon. And then I yeah. went back into work on Monday and everything I hated about my job like happened in the first hour. Yeah. And I was like, I texted my husband like, I think I'm quitting my job today. And he was like, you know, we've been open four days. <laughs> <laughs> we've just been open four days. We Don't just signed up for a second mortgage. mortgage. Four. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, yeah, I think I think I'll figure it out. And he's like, okay, I saw that in your eyes, you know, six months ago when you're like, yeah. I think I'll go look at a building. Yep. Um. But yeah, I just and that's I he knew that I would figure it out though. Like that's you know that's one of the things that he knew about me is that. I don't do anything a little bit. And if I had decided this was what I was going to do, I was going to figure out how to do it. So
2: yeah,
1: Yeah. it's been a learning experience though. I mean, I remember I hear your voice in my head quite often as I come across some of the things that I was like, I met Danielle before my store opened and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to open a store. You know, and get thrown out some sage wisdom from someone who's been around that block. And I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. You know, <laughs> two months in, I'm like, oh, this is what you meant by like, you know, don't buy a product just because one person says that they want it. Like, okay. <laughs> you know?
0: yeah, there's lots, there's lots of little things like that, but you know, there is, there's also that element of not because you don't want to hear advice, but sometimes you just can't completely process it until right. you're in the middle of it. Right. I mean, I'm in there too. It's been, you know, cause I feel like, I mean, I am, I'm in, I'm real. I'm still a newbie as far as I'm concerned. You know, I've only, I've only been an owner um, for well, three years next month. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I get this like, Oh yeah, well, this is just 10 months in, but still, I mean, you know, there's, there's just such a learning curve. Um yeah. We're negotiating, you know, re- not well. Not negotiating; it's done now. But like renewing leases and things like that, and yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, this this is new for me. And like, I don't know. It's, there's always something new to learn.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But I think that's why I love it. We are, we have had this conversation. We are kindred spirits in many, many ways. So many you know, ways,
1: layers and layers of layers spirit. and
0: layers and layers of ways that we are like, Um, and and one of them is like w- what you're saying that it's always kind of like the what's next thing, right? I've, I've stayed in different businesses for longer periods of time, but I'm like you, I was kind of always looking for, okay, so what's the next step? Like what's, what's after this kind of thing. And, um, and then here it's been like, you know what? Everything is always changing and Mm -hmm. with marketing and, you know, with the economy and the products that people want and just, you know, when you're doing it right, things are always changing. (laughs) And so it's, I have yet to get bored at all. It's, you know, there's just, there's always so much and so many layers to retail. And especially when you're working with so many people and in a creative space where there's just always room to evolve and add on and do something new and different. So I don't, I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. I really don't. I love it so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really neat. Um, yeah, I, I'm already trying to figure out, you know, um, what I can do during the slow seasons so, though. I mean, that's been the biggest that's been the hardest part for me, I think, the first this first ten months is that like I I made the mistake, sort of, of opening the first weekend in November. And this is something nobody told me that I was gonna completely mess up my understanding of <laughs> what a normal foot traffic was. I'm like, oh, first November, that'll be good. That'll that'll introduce everyone to our shop and then everybody will keep shopping continuously throughout the, the year. But we, you know, we had, you know, grand opening weekend and then the last weekend in November, small business Saturday. And then of course, December, everybody's Christmas shopping like crazy. And then January 1st hit. And I was like, did people think we closed? Did people think we were a pop-up shop? Where'd everybody go? Yeah, I was like, wanting to go out on the porch. Like we're still here. Please come back. Um. And some of those um, ebbs and flows, which, you know, I understand logically are, are par for the course. And people told me again that they're par for the course. They're hard to weather because it feels like, I love you. I don't love you. I love you. I don't love you. And it's like, okay, but we had, you know, and you know, what holidays people buy for and what holidays people don't buy for. I'm like, there's a holiday every month. As long as we have stuff for that holiday, people will want to come in. It's like, nobody cares about buying Valentine's Day stuff. It's That's like, right. That Man, sure I is. had a whole store full of Valentine's Day yeah. stuff. and Nobody came to get it. Yeah. Um, so that was, I mean, it, that, that part was hard. And so I'm like, I'm going to have to keep, keep some other things in my tool belt for this next year, because, yeah. you know, I, I struggle with the, I mean, even like last week, um, Last week was back to school here. And again, not completely oblivious to me. It was the very first live sale. We have live sales twice a month. It was the very first live sale that we did not sell one single thing. Yeah. And I was like, and it was one of the live sales I was really excited about. We had a great bunch of options. It was wonderful. But I'm like, I get on live. Nobody's joining. I'm like, what is happening? Then, you know, we're open Thursday through Sunday. No one comes in all weekend. We have like the, probably the lowest sales week of the whole year. And I'm like, whoa, back to school week. I mean, granted, I was having trouble staying in the saddle because my son was starting school. Right. All I could think about was, does he have his clothes? Does he have his, you know, wins orientation? Does he have his school supplies? what's going to be the, his practice schedule. You know, I was super consumed with that. And so I kept having to remind myself, pay attention to business, pay attention to the business, you know, but then it was like, Oh man, everybody was like that. And that affects Mm -hmm. buying behavior. I mean, then this weekend we beat the whole last week of sales on Thursday. And I was like the first day we were open this week and I'm like, okay, so everybody just needed to get their kids on the bus and then we were good to go. Yep. Like that first week when people were getting their kids on the bus, it was like ghost town.
0: Yeah. Because um, yeah, school is always really hard around here too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That so, week was just nuts. And so it's like, I'm taking so many notes of like the weeks that I know it's going to be slow and what other things mm-hmm. we're going to have, I'm going to have capacity to work on and stuff during those times. Cause I am not a good at sitting around. <laughs> like I am not, I am not built for twiddling my thumbs
0: and hoping someone walks through the door. So. Right. And plan, I tell you, planning ahead is one of the things that I've always known that and I've always done that to some extent. But this year, um, because and I, I've mentioned on here before, I was able to hire a store manager. She she took so much off my plate and like I think she didn't even realize just like what a huge relief it was at first just to not have to do all those day to day things. Mm-hmm. And it let me think farther ahead. So this yeah. year has actually been a much better year because I was able to start planning for that months in advance where normally it sneaks up on you when you're doing all the day-to-day stuff it just happens so fast yeah so I think that that has been one of the best things for me the past couple of years is creating more space to to plan ahead but yeah. you know, that is one of those things that it does take a little bit of time and like you said learning you know your areas ebb and flow too because right. Every town has its own rhythm, especially around like certain holidays or festivals or school schedules or whatever. It's a learning curve.
1: Oh, yeah. Fair week this week. My sister store closes fair week. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not closing fair week. We're in the city. Like, yeah, you guys are out in the country. Everybody's at fair. Like that's that's huge for your town. You know, we I have a diverse enough population that people are going to still be shopping that week. No, no, they weren't. <laughs> All the city folk were also at fair. Uh, it, was, it was pitiful that week. She was like, see, that's why we do our big resale on fair week. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you win this round. You're, you're right on that one for
0: sure. You got it. You got it. Yep. <laughs> do you know your Enneagram type?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm an Enneagram eight. An eight? Okay. Yeah, so eight is um, not what I wanted to be. Um, people always peg me as a three, um, and I wanted to be a three cause like a lot of people I really love and admire are threes. Um, and then when I read the description of like the, the fears and driving forces of an eight, I was like, oh, dang it. I'm definitely an eight. Yeah. I've got, <laughs> I've got my little book right here. Oh, yay. <laughs> Um, Yeah, definitely. And it's not, and it's so funny. Like even um, when I'm watching like Enneagram trainers, they'll get dated and they'll be like, so eight. Like, it's like, oh boy, we're a handful. But it it is what it is. It's so
0: funny because it's like nobody wants to be an eight and everyone kind of has that mindset. And everyone I know that's an eight feels that way. I'm a three, but like, I love eights. (laughs) I, I mean, I yes, I know there are some like public figures in different places where people are like, oh, that's an eight, and the, they kind of map it out as like, oh, this right. is unhealthy, this is not what you want to be. But in real life, I've yet to meet an eight that I didn't just love, and it was just like, oh my gosh, you're changing the world. <laughs> I love uh, it. And
1: what what is nice about the enneagram, and one of the reasons that I was drawn to it, even as um uh, as an assessment, you know, because it seems like there's a thousand, right. Of those yeah. kinds of things. Anytime I, anytime I ask people like, do you know your Instagram time? It's like, there's another thing I've got to figure out. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but this one's really good. Um, mm-hmm. is that I liked that it breaks down, you know, when you're operating at certain levels. So it's like, you know, a, a well-evolved eight operates much differently than a less evolved eight. Right. So when, you know, I, you know, and you look at it, you know, there, I don't remember how many levels there are, but you're like, I'm probably not the most evolved, but I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm operating okay. And I can totally see times where, you know, I'm throwing a tantrum and I'm, I'm operating in that space, but most of the time, you know, I'm operating in a decent space. But, um, I mean, one of the things that I think that really resonated for me about being an eight, that I was like, Oh yeah, definitely. Well, two things. One that's funny and one that's nice. Um, The one that was funny was um, there was a line in the description that said, um, you would be damned to give up your seat because someone told you you had to, but you would give up your seat in a second out of the goodness of your heart. And it's like, we're just stubborn like that. It's like, don't like the for those of you who aren't familiar with the Enneagram, the driving force of an eight is independence. And that was the minute I read that sentence, I was like, Oh dang, because you know, you read the description of the eight and it's like kind of bossy, you know, kind of, um, kind of cantankerous, kind of stubborn, you know, but then you're like, okay, well your driving force is independence. And that is the most true statement I have ever read about myself. And the most clarifying statement, because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm independent to a fault, like people find, you know, like my husband and I's relationship very odd because we are two fully formed people that like to be around one another, but I'll be darned if I have to rely on him too hard, um, you know, and he's, you know, he's very, um, he's very sweet and he takes good care of me, but, um, but I would be darned to say he yeah, I have to he has to take care of me. yeah um, there are times that we have, he and I have gone on trips by ourselves. you know it was like, hey, I've got this opportunity to go here and do this thing and it's no questions asked. there's not we don't have like a oh, do you want me to come with you? like we're like, cool. <laughs> love you. see you okay. when you get <laughs> back like yeah, I can be totally totally independent um, in that regard. Uh, and I just hated I've always like when I was in high school, My mom was like, you don't have to get a job. I want you to focus on school and your extracurricular activities. Um, I don't want you to worry about working until you're grown and you have to. And I was like, oh yeah, but then I'll have to ask you for money. And I'd rather die. So I'm going to go ahead and clean tanning beds at 14 before it's even legal for me to have a job (laughs) to earn this $20 bill so that on Friday I can get whatever I want from the concession stand and I don't have to ask your permission. And my parents were like perplexed, like why do you want to like clean sweat off tanning beds? (laughs) And it's like, because that guy said that he'd pay me into the table and I want my own money and I don't want to have to ask anybody for it. Right. So like, that's just been definitely um, a driving force. Um, But the other thing that really resonated with me was like the, um, we're always rooting for the underdog. Like I'm a Browns fan. So that resonated very hard with me. Um, And for all the artists listening, we're like, are you talking about football? You just lost me. Um, I learned that very quickly. I went to Zanesville, and I was like, "Oh my god, guys! Did you guys see that game last weekend?" And people were like, "Glazed over." And I'm like, "Oh, the artists don't don't watch football." The,
2: the wrong um, thing for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, but that has always been a big thing for me too. Is like you know social justice things like that. Like I'm just I have a heart for the you know those folks that are underprivileged, um, and so like that reading that was like okay like we're not we're not all bad but even little things like you know um for us eight when you're in you're real in but you have to you kind of go through a testing process like mm-hmm. i thought it was just my crazy that always my default setting is you don't like me like when if i meet you my default understanding of us is you don't like me and you sort of have to prove that you do like 25 times before I'm like no maybe we're friends (laughs) Like maybe (laughs) she's not just being nice to me because she has to or whatever and I thought that was just me my brain the way my brain worked maybe I was like I don't know if that was just a tough middle school I don't know what that was but then I'm reading that that's an eight thing testing friendships and testing loyalties is um is true for a lot of Enneagram eights like we just have trouble believing in human connection until it's truly proven to us
0: over yeah. again that's cool. I didn't necessarily know that, but that that makes sense i um I'm a three, but I have a really sh- like a really strong two wing to the point that I used to think I was a two until I did more reading and realized I was actually a three yeah. um and the two goes to an eight in stress yep. so like. I can feel some of that. Like some of that resonates a little bit because I had oh. felt that before. Um So I definitely get it, but I do. I'm just, I'm always so impressed because to me, yeah, y'all, eights move the world. Y'all just have the best boundaries in my personal opinion. You, and you do care about people, you know, you, yeah. Like I, I joke a lot. My mom's an eight mm-hmm. and that woman can hold a grudge like nobody's business when you mess with her babies. <laughs> and but it do, it's not just her babies. I mean like yeah. if, if you are her friend, if you are in her circle, mm-hmm. then like if somebody does you wrong, she doesn't have time for them ever again. Yeah. And it's just and you know not really. She's a nice woman. I don't mean that to make her sound. I I
1: don't I don't think I necessarily hold grudges, but I do I do have sort of a line that you cross. So like if if you, you know, I you have I've tested that friendship and you have proven to be not reliable, like re- reliability is like yeah, one of my highest values. So if you tell me you're going to do something and you don't, you only get a couple chances to do that. And I send you off with all the love and light in the world, but I am never going to ask you to do anything ever again Yeah. to the point where I've gotten coaching sometimes about being like, like, I'll, they'll be like, did you ask this person to do this? And I'm like, I did. And then they didn't. So I'm doing it myself now. And they'll be like, do you want to maybe just follow up and ask them one more time? Like, I think maybe they were having a bad week? And I'm like, maybe. That's... But, you know, I got it done myself, so I think I could just handle it. And it's like, yeah, maybe just give them, like, one more chance. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I'll, yeah, but I, have, I sort of have to have other people get me to do that because I sort of, like, Delegate it, and then it's like, oh, if you drop it, oh, I'm taking it back. Yeah. So that's um, yeah, that's a blessing and a curse.
0: Yeah, I've got that a little bit of that too, and I think some of that is um, you know, with the three and wanting to get things done, and kind of the same thing. It's more of it's like, oh, okay, is 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 it going to take me more time to ask somebody to help me with this thing than it is for me to just do it myself? But then what happens is we stretch ourselves so thin trying to do all the things that we can get ourselves in trouble. But I tell you. Over the, over the past year, just different, different circumstances. And then, like I said, being able to hire the store manager that I've got, I have learned the value of a strong team and letting go of the stuff and letting them do what they're good at. And it frees me up to do more of what I need to do. And And I think that's true in any business setting, but especially in businesses like you and I have where it, re- it relies on community. So being able yep. to actually rely on community and show them that we have that faith in them and and also, you know, allow them to participate in those ways. It, it lets more people get involved. Um,
1: yeah. And, on, and what I've learned sort of the hard way is that, that people want to be more involved than I typically let them. So it's like, I have to open up the space for the help that people want to give. Like, you know, I, my, I will, you know, say, I don't think I have anybody to do that. And inevitably, there'll be a person or two who's like, "I mean, I would do that if you'd ask." And it's like, "Well, I didn't think to ask anybody. (laughs) I didn't think you'd want to help." And it's like, "Of course, I'd want to help." You know, so I have to leave more space for um, people to to allow people to contribute or to to ask the questions. Because again, default setting is like you don't want to help. It's like, "No, I I would love to." So, like even like um, like my mother in law, she she has said over and over again that she wanted to be involved with the store. And I sort of was like, yeah, I mean, sure. You want to, you know, you want to beep around the store. She's like, no, really, like, I want you to train me. I want to take care of the store. And I was really resistant on that. Um, until of course my kid joins the marching band and we're open late on Fridays. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be working in the store. I want to be watching football games. Um, So then it was like, so how serious were you about wanting to work at the store? And she's like, I'm serious. I'm like, like, like every Friday serious? She's like, yeah, like every Friday serious. I'm like, well, shoot, now I get to watch football games. So it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have to sort of battle with myself with that and like making sure I'm staying open to the contributions people want to make. And people surprise me all the time. I mean, we hosted um, this big art retreat in July. SOAR, Southwest Ohio Artist Retreat. It'll be an Mm -hmm. annual event. Um, And my vendors, I reached out to them about a month ahead of time and I felt like, shoot, I waited too long. Like I sort of lost sight of asking them to do that. I asked them about a month ahead of time, hey, we're going to have this VIP event and there's 15 people coming. I know asking you to make and donate 15 of something is like a lot to ask. Like, anything that you make times 15 and donating it to this, to, I really want people to have like these VIP swag bags. I want them to see the kinds of work that you do. Um, And if you can't, you know, donate anything, that's fine. Oh my gosh. Like 11 of my vendors. I mean, I, my stained glass vendor made, uh, made 15 stained glass, um, Sun catchers that, and then she put Ohio in copper over top, so that people had a because people were coming from all over the country, so they had a little indicator of Ohio. Um, My um, person who does crocheted uh, stuffed animals, she made uh, fifteen crocheted pop tarts, and I'm like. Like She was like, I think I'll make Pop-Tarts. I'm like, what do those look like? They had little eyes on them. They were the cutest little crocheted Pop-Tarts. They were all different. You can tell the different flavors. There were like the brown speckled ones and the the sprinkle ones. I mean, they were so cute. Um, My potter made ceramic magnets. I mean, it was like, um, and like if any of my vendors are listening, like I loved everything that you did, even if I didn't specifically mention your thing. But like, I mean, I jumped on there and was like, there's no way you're great anybody's going to want to make 15 of anything and donate it. Um, My glitter tumbler person made sore branded glitter wine tumblers for everyone. And so like within two weeks I had, I had a swag bag full of the coolest handmade stuff, 15 bags And and then there was a lady who handmade the bags. Like, she's like, I'll, I'll make the bags. And I'm like, my bags are going to be handmade too. And it was like, I was so jazzed about giving these flag bags out to our VIPs and like more than I even expected to do. Like I was like, Ooh, I'm going to have to figure out how to like, you know, how to fill this gap. You know, I want these bags to be cool, but I don't think I'm, I'm going to get that much buy-in and people were like pumped about it. Like, wait, we have people coming all over the country and I I want to show them what I can do. You know, yeah. it was like, I never I thought of it like, oh man, it's going to be such a burden to them. And they were like, this is such a great opportunity. And people jumped on it so hard. So I'm like, it was like such a good lesson in just ask, just ask and be open to the possibility that maybe people think it's a good idea. My husband says that all the time. Like he's a seven and I'm a seven wing and he like brings out the seven wing in me. Um, And he's always the one that I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work out. You know, I don't think it's going to be good. And he goes, Maybe it'll be great. You know, and I'll be like, Huh, maybe it will be great. Maybe it will be. <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing how that's a that's a that's a brain shift to say yeah. like, maybe it'll all be okay. Maybe people will be excited about the idea. Maybe this will all go just fine. I mean, all the way up to Sword. He was like, Maybe it'll be a great weekend. Maybe it won't be as stressful at all. Like, maybe it'll go perfectly. You know, it's like
0: maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Well, from the pictures, I saw pictures online after the event and it looked like it was great. It looked like y'all had an awesome time. Yeah.
1: It was, it was so, it was so fabulous. I mean, it was, um, the artists, we had mm-hmm. Quita Allen of all shabbed out, Kelly Weiler of Girl Up Cycle Studio and Josie Seeker of Paint Pixie. They all did a super unique project. Everybody gave away their art. So we were able to give away pieces of furniture and paintings and, um, and Paint Pixie products. And, um, I mean there was all, there was all kinds of giveaways. People had an amazing time. Um, I mean, it was, it, it was amazing. It was so much better than I even envisioned. And I was just, yeah, I, I was so pleasantly surprised at the fact that, you know, something didn't go wrong. <laughs>
0: you know, That's awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. So you, you kind of said something to this effect earlier, but what is next? Do you you have something on your radar that's next?
1: I am really in a place right now where I am trying to figure out. um, And it, and if Dion listens to this, she's going to be like, I've been telling you to do this for a year. So uh, I know you went through empowered by design with Dion, right? I did. I did. So um, that's yeah, the Turquoise Iris Dion Woods. It's her, um, it's her one-on-one coaching program. And um, I was, two months into my one-on-one coaching program with her when all this stuff happened with the store. And it was kind of funny because she'd been saying like, you need to think bigger. You need to think bigger. You need to think about why you specifically are in this artist community. Like you who says that you're not a super creative, that you're not, that your superpower is making like a real snazzy spreadsheet. Like think about why you're in this community. Um, and what value you could bring to them. Um, and what, you know, is sort of the differentiating factors, you know? And I was like, look, I got a store. And she's like, okay, well, that wasn't exactly what I meant. But congratulations <laughs> for getting a store. Like, I told you to think bigger. A store is bigger than a bookshelf. Like, okay, you know? And so, like, in her sweet, uh, patient way, she's like, yeah, it didn't quite go the same, the direction I expected you to with my advice. Um, and you know, even in our subsequent conversations, like you can see, she's like trying to figure out when I'm actually going to take the advice that she gave me a year ago. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I, I resist it a little bit, and i kind of had some, some clarifying experiences recently. Um, because he, here's the tricky thing, right? So, like, I was 15 years in corporate America. I worked in a call center. Like, you know, we were very like metrics driven you know we had the customer service side which was important but really we would also like run the numbers for how long everybody was on the phone to see if we were making the most effective use of our time and there's all of that part of things um and so like there's a lot when a, a lot of what i bring to the table is a lot of that like organizational corporate business like mindset and what I've learned being in the creative community is like a lot of folks have so little of that, I don't know how they function in life. <laughs> like,
0: I'm nodding. You yes. guys can't see me, but I'm just nodding. Yes.
1: Way. Yeah. Mm. It's um, like, like, it really blows my mind. And in that sense, like Dion's like, right, like pay attention to that. Pay attention to the fact that you are surrounded by people who you're like, what are you doing tomorrow? And they're like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing like in October. Like, what do you mean you don't know what you're doing tomorrow? (laughs) Um, Now the flip side of that is sometimes I know what I'm doing at two o'clock on Thursday and if anything else goes wrong, I'm like thrown totally off. But (laughs) um, I really struggled with that. So then like, um, even in in her coaching program, you know, she was like, is furniture painting really your thing? And I'm like, yes, it is. it's is definitely my thing, you know? And then like, even in, you know, with our artist retreat and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, are, are you more the business person? It's like, I am both. And then I realized that part of that, and it's funny because since we talked about the Enneagram, I think part of that is just like triggering my, my belonging thing, right? It's like, I don't want to be in a group of people where I'm the oddball, like I want, like I want to be on Makers Chat too. I can make a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> yes, yeah. People will go to my Instagram and be like, "Oh, where's your where's your art at?" And I do, I do love to paint furniture, and it, but it, I do love to paint furniture. And I had this aha moment the other day when I was actually working with my current coach and she was asking me like what my dream day looked like. And I was explaining it all to her. And like, she was very sweet and giving me like the space to explain this. And then she goes, I didn't hear you say painting. And I was like, okay, but like, I, I'm i still, I still paint though. And she's like, I know, but too late. Like you didn't, when you walked through what your dream day would be, it wasn't on there. Why is that? And what came up for me, Without going through the roller coaster that's my brain, which everything jumps on this roller coaster in my brain and takes a wild ride and yep. all kinds of things. This actually came straight out of my mouth. I'm like, you know, I think painting is my therapy, it's my escape. And if my whole life was in alignment with all of my gifts, I there wouldn't be anything I needed to shut out the world from. Like there wouldn't be any need to go into a room and shut everybody out and be left. Like a lot of things that I love about painting is like, I get time to myself and like I have get an uninterrupted time to just be creative. And it's like, well, if that was part of my everyday life, you know would I wouldn't necessarily need that as an escape. So I'm trying to get more comfortable being amongst artists, but not, not an artist. I'm still in a couple art groups. I'm still pretty sure I want to figure out, you know, some new paint techniques. I still get a lot of joy from making things pretty, but I realize that I don't get the joy and I don't have the skill in making things pretty that the true creatives that I'm around are. Um, And I, you know, I say true creatives I understand that there's, you know, everybody's creative. I'll tell, I'll be the first to say everybody's creative. It's just a skill thing, but there are ways that people who are true artists brain works that my brain doesn't work that way. Um, so like, you know, I see Anissa sit down at a canvas and watch what comes to life on her canvas. And I'm like, Oh boy, like, I don't have that in me. Um, but what I do have is, like, if Anissa needed me to figure out her schedule for the week, like, I would be ready for that. <laughs> and so, like, what I found that I get really excited about, like, the two people who are working closest to me in the, in my business, they both started using planners, like, in the last three weeks. And I, they could have, like, built a castle, and I don't think I'd be as proud of them as I am seeing them map out their weeks. So like <laughs> and Did I use them the best today guide uh, um I totally use the best today guide as a framework. I found the best today guide to be difficult to keep up with. Okay. Um but I definitely use that as a framework for sure. Um and I love like following her and and all her um her guidance, but like I'm to the point with those two. Where I'm like, can we not middle of the week discuss again about the thing that you definitely wanted to do three weeks ago, and how it looks like this week's getting away from you too? Like, can we, <laughs> can we not yeah. have another one of those discussions? Because like, there's this cool thing you can do where you can sit down at the beginning of the week and you can write out everything you have to do, and then you can you can make yourself do certain things at yeah. certain times so that you get the things you want done done. Um, and it's hilarious. Like it was, there are these simple shifts that, that they're making, um, in, okay. So on Tuesday, I'm going to do these three things. Oh my gosh, I did them on Tuesday and look how much closer I am to where I want to be this week. And it's like, yep. ta-da. um, and to me, sort of one of the things I'm going through is figuring out what, co- what is common sense to me that is not common practice. Yes. Um, and I, I have discussions with people uh, around those things quite a bit where people are like, well, I wouldn't think to approach it that way. And I'm like, why not? That's the thing that my, my A comes out real bad. Come on, get your life together. Of course you should do it this way. You know?
0: like, this is how we handle that. What are you talking about? Yeah.
1: Don't uh, well, you know that, come on. Um, but it's like, so I think I'm mean, is a very long winded way to say, I think what's next is trying to figure out how to, Bottle some of that um, in a way that's consumable for people who need it, um, I think being around creatives has helped me see a lot of the things that I think are normal that other folks don't practice on a week to week basis um, like just as an example, um when I went into my first meeting with Dionne, when she was my coach, i she had put in her form, like when you booked a time, you, she had a, a space that said, what do I need to know for this meeting? And I'm like, well, there's a heck of a lot you need to know. So I, you know, I provided some attachments. I provided some graphs. I gave her a few bullet points, like yeah, things that she needed to know so that we could, when if I was paying her to coach me, I wanted us to suck the marrow out of that hour. And so she had it printed out, and we sit down for our first one on one, and she goes like this. I'm showing this paper to those of you who are just on audio. Nobody's ever done this before, <laughs> and I'm like, what nobody's answered the question that you asked when you booked the text. People just skip that. I'm like, but they're paying you for your expertise for one hour of expertise like, people don't want to get the most out of the hour you want to spend." Half of that hour catching up on all this housekeeping stuff, no, no no, no, I want you to I want you to have my profit and loss statement available. I want you to see exactly where my expenditures are going. I want you to see exactly what the you know what where how I've mapped out my business and i you know there were things highlighted, you know, and she's like, no no, no no, this is not this is not how how people approach their their creative businesses um which I found. I was just, I was completely flabbergasted. And so she was like, literally first meeting, she's like, I think we're going to have to do this in a different way than I do with other people because you're coming at me from a whole different ang- angle. Um, and of course it's like, oh man, like I came to her to say, how do I grow my furniture painting business? And she's like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> like it did. It, they, it yeah. happened that. that. Um, but I mean, I really am noticing like it is very unusual for people to have calendars where they plan out what they're going to do on certain days and have specific goals outlined that then they reverse engineer. So they know how many hours, you know, like I come from a corporate environment where anytime we had a project, we figured out, we knew what the project was, you know, get this Get this client. Service this client. Okay, what are we going to need to do? Service this client. We're going to need to set up this team. We're going to have to have this certain software in place. We're going to have to open these phone lines. We're going to have to get phone numbers for those phone phone lines. You know, and it was reverse engineering all the pieces and parts so that when the client knew, when the client was signing off for us to take on that business, we had everything in place for that to happen. So that's just naturally how I approach everything in life. It's like okay. Um, like when I signed, you know, to have the building open, okay, grand openings, November 6th, I had a project plan in place. Like what days we need to paint these rooms when, then when do we need to buy the paint? And then when do we have to have the colors picked out so that we can, buy? you know, who do I need to contact so that they're available on certain days? Like it was just, that to me is completely common sense. Um, but it is, I'm learning that is super not common practice. Right. So um I'm so I'm going through um a training right now on how to develop courses um and so I really feel like there are there I've taken some small groups through like even when when I was in corporate I took some of our frontline supervisors through um a framework on how to reverse engineer their goals cuz um these were folks that like were newly in charge of things and they had very aggressive goals and like that the company had given them. The company had very aggressive expectations for them. And very consistently, the feedback was, we don't have time to get this stuff done. So I'm like, you do if you take control of your time enough. You know, so it was like, I took them through the training. And it was so effective with them that they started asking if, um, hey, can I, could we put together a group on Facebook? Can I invite some people from other departments or people in other roles that might need this kind of thing? So then. For the last couple of years, I've taken several groups of people through like this framework where we identify what they're trying to accomplish, and then we figure out how to get them there. Um, and it, like, Dion was kind of annoyed where she's like, you know, like, oh, it's nice that you're doing this like as a public service, but like you realize that like <laughs> people might hire you for that. And I'm like, oh. Huh. <laughs> and so then like, um, I did one round like paid and I charged everybody $12.97. And she's like, I'm just like, I can't even talk to you about the $12.97. <laughs> I'm just going to circle. I'm just going to be proud of you for charging people. And then we're going <laughs> to talk about what your time's actually worth later. Um, because literally, you charge people like a sandwich and a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know, like, that was my marketing approach. Like, for just a sandwich and a bag of chips, look at all, I, all that I can provide you. And she's like, Yeah, you're providing way more value than that. So, um, so I'm hoping to get to a point where I already have the framework set up, but I need to figure out the skill set, I need to figure out the audience, and I need to figure out a more appropriate price point than yeah. uh, uh, $12.97. Sorry, anybody who's listening who's like, Man, I was really hoping to get on in on this for $12.97. <laughs> But I really want to, I mean, even creatives, um, you know, definitely the people in your audience, but people in life in all yeah. kinds of arenas yeah. have things they want to do and their days just slip away. Like they have no concept of how to leverage their time to move toward, yeah. um, toward the things they want to do or how to look at their angle and it not feel like an insurmountable mountain. Like, oh yeah. I mean, people all the time are like, oh, my gosh, you open a store in this amount of time. And it's like. It doesn't sound too crazy to me, because the minute that I had the date, I just figured out all the other dates and times that needed to have needed to happen. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't go like, oh, I mean, I actually thought we would open like a month earlier. And then a bunch of people on my team were like, you're so cute. You clearly never opened the store. You have no idea how long this is going to take. But we'll <laughs> like, no, just like paint all paint the whole store in a, a weekend. And they're like, no, that's gonna take longer than that. Yep. Um, so there's that. I mean I'm not I don't definitely don't do it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean I've even done like bonus trainings on how to pivot when things come up, like yeah. how to identify the things that are getting in your way. Like, um so I think I have a lot 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 to offer in that regard. I just sort of have to shore it up and maybe by maybe by 2022 I'll have some I'll have some courses folks can take to help them through that cuz um yeah yeah I mean I, right now I'm just I'm sort of putting out little tidbits on TikTok like on my per- like your the Rose City Boutique TikTok that's like here's the things in our store then I have a Carrie Johnson TikTok where so I sort of like um provide some little tidbits on how to help people and I mean, I do get feedback where it's like, oh, I never thought to do it that way. Like yeah, little life hacks and ways to, ways to organize a brain that is relatively chaotic and a life that's relatively chaotic. Like my son wanted to go out for baseball this year and I was getting all this advice about where he should go and what he should do. And so like, I was like, got to make a spreadsheet. I got to figure out. All the places we need to go, and all the dates, and all the times, and all the contacts, and whatever. And it was like, I always know that I'm feeling a little out of control when I like need to make a spreadsheet. And I was like, make a spreadsheet, calm down.
0: That's what and it, it calms you, it, it yeah. centers you.
1: And I think that it's liberating for people when they think, oh, I've got this crazy thing I want to do, and there's no way I could ever get there. When you break it just down into the action steps, and I mean, like, might have a I have a friend whose daughter, like, was like, I want to be a doctor someday. And her mom was like, well, you know, you're going to have to get really good grades. And you're going to have to go to school. And then you're going to have to go to um, medical school. And then you're going to have to do residency. And she's like, oh, so I have four things to do. That's okay. And she was like, she just said, that's just four things. And it was <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm going to remember that forever. Yeah. Every time I think, like, I'd have to do this thing and this thing. It's like, so you'd have to do two things
0: yeah,
1: totally possible. Like you got to do those things.
0: Yeah, no. And this is definitely another way that we are just like, we have, we have very matching brains when it comes to that, when it comes to goals and organizing and how to get there. I'm all about reverse engineering the dream. Um, cause that was me. That was where I was. I I completely pivoted from what I was doing and it was like, okay, well if I'm going to make this happen, this is, this is what has to happen. And, um, And when you come at it from that angle, it it makes a big difference. But you're right, especially in the creative community. And I don't think it's because it's it's definitely not because they can't. It's just because of the natural inclination of how you come at things when you are a little, you know, I'll be honest. I don't even know. Right brain, left brain. I can't remember which is which. I never can. I've always had right, left issues. I
1: can't remember which is which. Uh, Yeah,
0: I know. But whichever it is, you know, whichever it is, I've, um, I've always been fortunate, I guess, to have a pretty strong foothold in both. Yeah. But, um, but you're right. In the, in the vast, I would say the vast majority of cases, um, creatives don't quite think that way. Um, With the course and our, you know, my maker's framework, it just closed for students, but I mean, it'll open again at some point, but that's what I do is I put together all these spreadsheets and I'm like, look, this is, you you can do this, (laughs) you know, you can do this. You just have to. You just have to think about it this way, but you're right. It's, it's a major mindset shift for people who have never thought that way before. So I love that you're doing that. I think that's well, and one great. of the
1: things I really admire about you, Danielle, is that you have such a diverse way that you approach your business. You very much, um, you very much approach your business the way that I am in the very infant stage of approaching mine where like, um, you're like, yes, I have this thing. And it also has this leg. And it also has that leg. And it also has this branch. And it also has this thing over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all comes together in a strategic way. <laughs> but that, it's definitely not just one thing. Um, and that like I was trying to, um, even when I got first got my store, I was kind of trying to explain that to my mom. Like my mom would be like, so why are you asking for people to come work behind the counter at certain times? And I'm like, so that I can go work on the strategy for the business. And she'd be like, well, you have, this is the business. And, and that is where the person stands who's in charge of the business. And it's like, oh no, if I'm standing behind the counter, then I am doing the transactional parts of the business, but I'm not doing the strategic parts of the business at all. And I have a much bigger vision for this business than just like, open the door, people come in, people buy a purse, people leave. Like I want this to be a lot more of a robust ecosystem for small businesses and the community and the larger community that we're all part of. Um, And so like there's, I got, I got to spend some time building some of that stuff out. And my mom was like perplexed. Like, she's like, you open a store, you run your store. And it's like, there are definitely people who would do that. Who would yep. open a store and just run their store. Ooh. I'm just not, I'm not made yep. that way. I need, I need to figure out how this square footage can be of maximum value and then how, you know, what we can do virtually to reach people who aren't in our area and what kinds of services that we can offer. And yeah, there's just, um, and every time I meet somebody new who has a different skill set, like I, I just like get so excited. Like mm-hmm. you know, this poor guy came in, Um, to be a vendor this weekend and was like, yeah, and in my full-time job. I'm in web design. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) I haven't met anybody who's good at web design. And I really, that's one of my weaknesses is web design. Like, can we please, I know you're saying like, and I do this for fun to escape web design. But like, if you could just like do a (laughs) little bit of the thing that you're trying to escape from, I might actually... Be able to help you market that in a way that you wouldn't hate it as much because you'd be working with people who really need it. And like, so this poor guy, like, yeah, I had designed a whole, a whole freelance job for him before he had walked out the door, and he's like, I really just wanted you to sell my, sell my wares here, right? And
2: I'm like, right.
1: I mean, we yeah. can start there, but like, you want to swing back by next Tuesday? That's right. Part two to this discussion.
0: I you
1: might have
0: me. a project plan outline for you. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm the same way. I, I yeah, cut from the same cloth over here. Because and it's so funny because some of my vendors love that, right? They they're like, oh yeah. they love it. And I get so excited when they come and ask me for you know my opinion on stuff like that. But um, but then some. i <laughs> there's one in particular that comes to mind, and and I mean like we're good. Don't get me wrong, but it's funny because every time I put something out there, it's like she reminds me. This is just a hobby for me. it's like, I don't need a business plan. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. This is just a hobby for me. And it's like, that's, you know what? That is totally okay. Perfectly acceptable. It's just my passion is growing businesses. And And so part
1: of why I'm realizing that I, I need to charge for some of those services. Right. Because what I do now is I like, I like force them into your hands. Yeah. And what I get out of it is the satisfaction of you implementing it. And then if you don't want to implement it, then I get nothing out of it. Like all I get is like, you know, I've spent this time with you that, you know, you didn't ask me to. You get hurt
2: (laughs) feelings. That's what you get.
1: Yeah. And I give you all of this advice and I just, I dream up this wonderful goal for you that you didn't dream Mm -hmm. up yourself. And um, so I really need to, to, to develop some kind of system where people actually seek that advice and guidance out. So that if nothing else, if they don't implement it, you know, at least they paid for the course. <laughs> right. But right now, I'm just like forcing food into hands of people who are like, I don't even like this. Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing to me? So, yeah, it's it's funny.
0: Yeah, no, I I get it. And I'm. that's exactly where I was about 18 months ago, two years ago, when it came to like helping people grow their businesses. I was the same way. It's yeah. like, Oh, you want to get coffee and pick my brain? Absolutely. Please let's do that. But even to the point that I was seeking people out, right. what if we went and got coffee and talked about how you could grow your business. I mean, that's not, right. you know, it's, but yeah, no, I, you're so on the right track and I love the way you think. And I'm so, I can't wait to see what you do. I can't wait to see what you, what you put out there. It's going to be awesome.
1: Well, thank you. Uh I'm following in your footsteps. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm keeping an eye on you for sure. Um, Yeah. I just, I, I love to, I, one of the things that I loved about working in a call center was the service aspect of it. Like, I really love servant leadership. I really love, um, you know, that service mindset, but then that, that's a catch 22. Sometimes you're like, look, I want, I want to give you all these things. And people are like, there are people, you know, here they're like, I I'll take them. But then, you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes we have to be, find our, our correct audience. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I do think, um, I mean, every day when I'm in the several little groups that we're in, you know, I look through and I think, oh, I could make that better, or oh, what they need is this thing, mm-hmm. um, and I I just need to develop some of those things, and I, I think they'd be helpful. But um, it's it's a lot less risky in the cheap seats, just grabbing my popcorn and going like, ah, I could make all this better. So I'm trying yeah. to you know act activate the action parts of that
0: yeah oh you're going to i can't wait i can't wait awesome so um okay so i always wrap up with the rapid fire questions i meant
1: to study these ahead of time so just for the record this is one of those things that i failed at i did not study these ahead of time so it's going to be oh that's
0: really fire. okay because i try to change them every now and then anyway so you're good okay <laughs> all right what's your
2: favorite song
1: probably don't stop believing just because it's like that karaoke jam. Yeah, that's a
2: good
0: one. That's a really, I also good one.
1: really, really love Crystal Ball by Pink.
0: Oh well yeah, that's a good one too. That could that be a good one too. Yeah. Books or movies.
1: Oh uh Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. I think everybody who's listening to this podcast should read Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Um Also, the compound effect if you want to develop good habits. Um, (laughs) But the big magic one you'll appreciate from a creative standpoint. Um, And Movies Almost Famous is my very favorite movie of all
0: time. So if you could have one hour with anyone alive right now to, like, ask them questions, talk to them, learn about them, whatever, who would it be? Brene Brown. Oh my God, that's such a good answer. I love, I love Brene Brown. Okay.
1: I also, my undergrad is in sociology. And so like one of the many career paths that I would love to have is like totally going down like the researcher, sociological researcher realm of things.
2: Yes. Oh, I
0: love, yes. I love, I love all of her work. That's incredible. I love it. Okay. The most spontaneous thing you've ever done.
1: Oh, that's, that one's easy. That would be, um going to Vegas to meet my now husband on our second date. So spoiler alert, it worked out. But like at the time we had gone on one date and uh, he lived in Virginia and I lived in Ohio. He had come to Ohio to to take me out for our first date. Then uh, two weeks later, he was saying he was going to Vegas for a friend's wedding and I was, you know, being flirtatious, like you'd have more fun if I was there, you know? And he had me check my email. There was a plane ticket in my email box with my name spelled wrong because we'd only been on one date. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was a TSA adventure. Um, but I literally, like, I worked from home at the time. And so I was I had 100 reasons why I couldn't do it. And he's like, don't you work from home? Couldn't you work from Vegas? And I'm like, again, that, that Enneagram 7, I'm like, you yeah. make a lot of valid points. So <laughs> for a week in Vegas, I flew to Vegas for a week, and we worked from 5 a.m. Vegas time to 2 p.m. pretending I was in my little home office in Ohio. Um, and then after, you know, clocking out at the end of the day and then, like, riding roller coasters and going to Cirque du Soleil and all that stuff. It was nuts.
0: Oh, wow. That yeah. is awesome. That's a great answer. I did. That's that's a great no, story. Yeah.
1: Then we went back and got married in Vegas because that was where it all began, really. Of
0: course. That makes perfect sense. So much fun. I love that. <laughs> Okay. Next one's not as fun now. So apple or pumpkin? (laughs) Apple. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I'm not a pumpkin person. All right. And then the last one, if you could go, if like, if money was no object, if resources were no issue time, none of the things, if you could go anywhere tomorrow, where would it be?
1: I think it would be a tie between like the Fiji islands. If I wanted to like, lay down and grab a margarita and see like the most beautiful place ever or Japan if I wanted like a really busy see all the things go all the places kind of place I've always wanted to see Japan
2: yeah both of those sound really exciting that's
1: fun I like yeah we have um my husband and I both really really love to travel And that's been one of the hardest aspects of, A, me quitting my job after being open four days and, um, (laughs) and just, you know, everything that goes into starting a business from scratch. We have never, ever, ever in our nine years together, not had the next vacation planned. And this is the first year ever when people are like, where are you guys going next? And we're like, back down to the store. (laughs) That's just where all of our time and resources are going right now, but uh, it's definitely part of my dream life when, when we get back to to traveling because we we love it.
0: Awesome, so much fun, Carrie! Thank you so much for being thank on you. here with me today and talking with. Us. I I have I feel like I have done nothing but cheese and nod the whole time you've been talking. And I it. feel like mm-hmm.
1: I've done nothing but talk your ear off. So I appreciate love it. No, it. I, I love, love it.
0: it. This has been awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you that's all for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Remember to check out the Makers Chat community so you can dive deeper into the conversation. You'll find the link to join in our show notes. Have a beautiful week and we will chat again soon.